0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Uncaged Heroes. We appreciate your time and just your engagement with us. We hope that you take something away today that inspires you, that brings you hope, that helps you find joy or leads you to the next place that you should go. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm honored to be here with you and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cassie, how are you today?
1: I am doing great. It's a beautiful day. I'm just happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. How are you?
0: Mm-hmm. You know I'm well. I, I love this time of year. I love the, the new growth and the, the blooms and the buds and the, the rebirth of everything. So I think I just stay kind of excited and adventurous this time of year anyway. So where is your intrigue? Kathleen, you look at we've hit 5,000 downloads. We've hit 300 plus episodes and we just continue to kept pouring and these people keep coming our direction. What is that about for you?
1: I think after, you know, <clears throat> this many episodes, somebody at some point would have been repetitive of another one, and it, it, it hasn't been, right? We've had 300 episodes come out and not one of them has been even similar mm. nobody's story is similar nobody's anything is similar so I think it's. I appreciate the
0: difference mm. I do too and you know one of the things I think I really picked up on even more recently than before is you know when we started this podcast we were looking for what was missing right there were 120,000 podcasts on the air and what was going to make us stand out what was going to make us different and so when you know, in the beginning, like, like, you know, we, we started with um, really needing a clear definition of personal character and integrity again. I mean, there were definitions out there, but they weren't, they were so skewed. And what I have realized and come to notice in all of this is how much personal integrity exists in people. You know, when you get down and, and these beautiful people that we've gotten to meet, there's so much grace and there's so much integrity and there's so much gentleness in the souls that we've gotten to meet. It really just it just gives me hope. I think it gives me hope that, that we're going to be able, that, that coming generation is going to still be able to absorb that integrity and character and move that forward. I like it. <clears throat> so we have a guest with us today who just happens to be a little excited about the thought of his personal integrity. Uh, I think that's what Got us to click. Originally made our connection. So, ladies and gentlemen, may we please introduce to you Mrs. Sarah K.
2: Ramsey. Hello, and yes, I am quite obsessed with the with the idea of personal integrity. I I know there's a lot of conversation about self love and self-confidence. But I think what's missing from the conversation is that we don't add that self-integrity piece. And it's hard to love ourselves or be confident in ourselves uh, without that trust in ourselves. And the more we can build on that piece of personal integrity, the more confidence and love we have for ourselves, I think.
0: Mm, I agree. I agree. And it's just just a place of peace. How about you, Cassie? Do you agree with that Mm -hmm. statement?
1: I, I fully agree, right? I think if you're going to give yourself full grace, then integrity has to be
0: a part of that. Mhm. Uh-huh. I agree. So, Sarah, how about you get this off today? Tell us who is Kay Ramsey. What do you do? Yeah. Why do you do that? And how can we connect with you?
2: So I absolutely used to be the world's biggest people pleaser, and there were, some, there were some good aspects to that, right? I wanted to do right by others. I wanted to make the world a better place. Um, but the problem came because I was a pastor's daughter who was married to the student pastor's brother, so very large church. I know you're from Texas. I'm from Tennessee. So big churches in the south. And, mm-hmm. um, and with all the trappings and complications of, you know, religious communities and, and just and the sheer love I had for that community. And so when I was thinking about getting a divorce, I kind of went into my people pleasing and it was almost as if I had a permission note that I needed everyone else to sign. Mm,
0: amen.
2: So I would just go from person to person to person, will you sign my permission note? Will you sign my permission note? Will you sign my permission note? And I think I thought if I could get enough signatures on my permission note, then I could give myself permission to make the changes I needed to in my life. But not not everyone wants to sign your permission note. (laughs) I think that's a very powerful
0: statement right there about how many people right now are seeking permission for things. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get it, right? Um, You might get it from some people, and I did, but there's other people who it's very inconvenient for them if you disrupt your life. And I'm recently watching uh, The Anatomy of a Scandal, I think it's what it's called. It's a new show on Netflix. And, um, you know, this, this is this is no spoilers alert that you know that her husband has an affair um which is the premise of the whole show and you know she just doesn't want to see it because it's so inconvenient to believe. Hmm. And then these other people she's trying to get help and stuff from other people and it's inconvenient for them to believe things because it disrupts their life. Right? And even if you're a fabulous communicator or a fabulous person of integrity, sometimes when you're trying to get other people to sign off on your permission note, uh, they're not willing to sign n- not because of who you are but because of, or whatever the situation is, but because they, they don't want to sign disruption into their life.
0: Mm. Good point. Very good point. People
1: get so really uncomfortable when you make boundaries.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And especially if they were benefiting from you not having any boundaries. Mm.
0: Mm. Powerful right there. And we think that boundaries are selfish. We get, I think we get conditioned to believe that, that setting up boundaries around ourselves and around our love, or our need, or our soul is, um, is selfish and closed off and makes us feel above. that's so not true. It's necessary.
2: Well, and I got to a place in my own life where I want to be someone who spreads light in the world and not darkness, which I think a lot of your listeners can identify with. And if someone was having issues with selfishness or anger or drugs and alcohol or immaturity or not facing their decisions, and I want to spread light in the world, I can't support their addictions to anger or addictions to control or addictions to selfishness or addictions to irresponsibility. So it's right. actually incredibly selfish. If I wanting to make the world a better place, it's incredibly selfish for me not to have boundaries. Because then I'm mm. saying my purpose here on earth is to help you continue to be your lowest form of self. Well, when I think I focus here on Earth. Yeah, well, it's a, <laughs> I remember I was the world's biggest people pleaser, right? So it's a perspective I had to do a lot of gymnastics around and a mental mental gymnastics around to really solidify it in a way that could that could align to my personal integrity. Right? which uh, I needed a new tugboat. Hey, you should have boundaries. You deserve better. You know, this is your life too. You go, girl. That that was not enough of a tugboat for me to get me to where I needed to go. I needed to align it to that personal integrity piece. And that's what I found with so many of my ladies. It's like, you deserve better. She didn't land with me, you know, from my, from my background of wanting to be good person not that those are not that you can't deserve better and be a good person that just didn't land with me it wasn't enough energy for me to make that change but I definitely don't want to help people remain addicted to anger or to selfishness or irresponsibility right I didn't want to spread that type of darkness in the world so um, adding that energy behind it and that new perspective helps me make the changes changes I needed to make
0: and, and what did that look like? What did that change become?
2: Well, you ter- you heard about my my big fat mess earlier, you know, with the with the possibility of divorce and trying to get the permission notes. Um, and so, of course, like anyone else, um, when there's a very difficult decision to make, it's a decision we often put. Off. I tried to ignore it. I tried to live with it. I tried to pretend it wasn't happening. I tried to this. I tried to that. And um, eventually I was driving with several friends in Charlotte, North Carolina and blacked out while driving. I was completely sober, no drugs, no alcohol, no prescription drugs. It was just stress. And my body was shutting down. My hair was falling out. I couldn't digest my food, and eventually blacked out. Uh, My friend grabbed the wheel, so that was luckily no one was killed or injured that day. Um, But it was a terribly scary time, and it was a wake-up call I needed to say, "Okay, you got to stop having waiting for everyone else to sign off on your permission note. It's done." it's not working. It's literally could have killed someone, including you or your best friends or some random person trying to just cross the street. Right. And now I've had to carry that with me for the rest of my life. Um, And so I knew I needed a new framework for making decisions and solving problems. And I needed to make some major decisions in my own life uh, and give myself permission.
0: Giving yourself permission is the big step right there, I think. We, mm-hmm. we, we get it from everybody else, but not from ourselves. We're the last one we ask.
2: Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown talks about a, a technique of writing yourself permission notes, and it's something I did a lot when I was early in my journey, and it's something I have my clients do, um, is just, you know, Dear Sarah, I give you permission to make, the right decision for your kids, even if other people disagree with it. Love, Sarah. You know, dear Sarah, I give you permission to have that hard conversation. Love, Sarah. Dear Sarah, I give you permission to go after that dream. Love, Sarah. Um, Whatever it is, I've used it in a variety of ways, and it's such a powerful concept on learning to give yourself permission.
0: Oh, I love that. How about you, Cass?
2: I think
1: the... The concept of giving yourself permission is a step that people don't even think of. Right, I was gonna, I went to a treatment facility and one of the things that one of the counselors suggested that we do to kind of regroup and recenter was to write a letter to ourselves with our non-dominant hand. Right at first, I was like, "That sounds absolutely insane." But when you do that, it looks like it's written by a child, right? So that's getting in touch with your with your inner child and back to your core and back to where you were before you ever needed permission, right? So mm. I think that's a beautiful concept. I love that.
2: I love it too. That's a great idea. I haven't heard that the left hand and. Also, I think another point to add to that practice is we sometimes beat ourselves up mentally if uh, we have to do something new or something that feels uncomfortable. And when I heard you say that, I thought, gosh, I've had so much practice writing with my right hand. So, of course, it looks better than if I wrote with my left hand. But if I started practicing writing with my left hand, it would get better and better and become easier and easier.
0: Very mm-hmm. true. That's cool.
2: So It's like learning that, to give yourself permission. Yeah. because yes.
1: Exactly. So I'm going to ask you a, a question in a slightly different direction. Throughout your journey and the experience you've had and the things that you have learned about yourself and about, you know, about, just about life. Have you developed your own definition of what a hero is? And is there someone in your life that you would define as
2: a hero? I think I'll answer this as two different questions. Um, I think, and I'm saying this with great sadness, not great um, uh, triumph, (laughs) but that learning how to, that I had to become my own superhero Uh, in this situation, in the people pleasing. I really just kept waiting for someone to swoop in and save me. And they didn't. And there were a lot of people who helped me. There were a lot of people who were kind to me. There were a lot of people who supported me. But that lesson of having to save yourself um, is both the best thing I've done and then it was just sad, right? I mean, it was just sad. It's been hard work. It's been hard work. It's been facing things I didn't want to face. It's been money I've spent. It's been time I've spent. It's been, um, you know, being a being a grown-up, right? And I read something one time in um, When Things Fall Apart. There's a great book called When Things Fall Apart. And the author talked about like going rummaging through the fridge and we want mommy to have filled the fridge right we in our life we want there to have been kind of like a mother figure who kind of comes in and makes sure it's all okay and part of being a grown-up is becoming that for yourself Uh, and there for me personally there was a grief to that if I'm really honest Um, and then there's an incredible power to that I, I do trust myself if there's a situation that you know is complicated or um, that involves creativity, I, I depend on me in a, in a healthy way. I have coaches and I've had therapists and all that kind of stuff. I certainly have not gotten here on my own, but the buck stops here. You know, the buck stops here with that self responsibility. And if I need help, I'm responsible for getting that help. If there is no one to help, I'm responsible for doing it. Um, and so. I, I think, in the first answer to your question, um, I have become my own superhero, and I do not say that in a bragging way at all. I say it to say, gosh, there was such sadness to that process, and such hope and healing to that process as well. It's a it's a complicated issue, um, and then my dad is such a person of personal integrity. He is a pastor and uh, with so many pastoral scandals and that kind of thing, you know, he's been at the same church for nearly 40 years. And I got to see him behind the scenes and in front of people. And he is the same person wherever he is.
0: That right there is huge. (laughs) Sorry, Cassie, go ahead.
1: I was going to say that is so important because, you know, A lot of people are one way in public and one way at home or one way here and one way there. And I think that that one consistent person is, they're so rare that they stand out.
2: Yeah, and that's fascinating. I mean, I had someone, uh, you know, just like we popped on the phone, but I had someone who called me about a summit who would listen to my podcast, Talk to Person Proof, and, you know, listen to some of these things. And she goes, oh, wow. You're just as bubbly. Clicky. You act just the same as you did on the podcast, and I was like, "Well, yeah, because that's my real personality." What What did you think was you were going to get? Right? I mean, yeah. If you saw me in, you know, I'm not every day's not perfect by any means. But if you saw me in, you know, the grocery store, I still act like this. Right? This is this is what I act like, and. um, you know, it was interesting how surprised she was. That was just last week, and she commented how surprised she was that I, was, I sounded just like myself. And there's a sadness to that as well, that that seems, that seems rare in our world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we teach a... Kathy and I are both speakers, coaches, and trainers. We're, we're, well, we're both coaches, and so we, there's a class we teach called Becoming a Person of Influence, we talk a lot about integrity. And when we talk about integrity, we give everybody a rubber band. We let them play with the rubber band for a little while. And then we ask about the rubber band. So tell me what you know about rubber bands. Right? And we get into this conversation about what rubber bands can do, Right, they can bind together your most important papers, they can hang on the doorknob, you can shoot them at your sister. There so many things that rubber bands can do, and rubber bands can function for. But at the end of the day, it's always that's a rubber band. It never becomes anything else, and that's for your integrity. So if you have a question that, look at that rubber band and go, "Am I the same? No matter what I'm doing, no matter how I'm stretched, no matter what I'm holding together, or shooting off or letting go of, am I still the same?" Measure your integrity, your rubber band of integrity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example.
0: I love it. Okay, so let me ask you a second question. Again, back in this journey from this. This lady seeking permission to this lady teaching people how to give themselves permission. What's a life lesson that you learned along the way that you think everybody ought to know?
2: Look for relationships where people play by the same set of rules. And hmm. I certainly did not realize that, I, I only saw from my own perspective, right? So I assumed everyone else had my best interest in heart. I I missed the fact that what was best for me might be disruptive to them. Uh, So they might prevent, because it's hard for me to fathom. Like if, you know, you're in a bad situation, you need to get into a better situation. You should do that. But we all see from our own perspective. And so if we are good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving, we assume everyone else is going to be good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving back.
0: Yes. And And speak that truth for yourself is, is important.
2: Yeah. And just to really see, I had someone recently who I respect who kind of does similar work to me. And the person said that they give everyone the benefit of the doubt and i recognized how i did not have that perspective anymore and instead i kind of switched it in my because that perspective got me in a lot of trouble right like i'm assume, i'm going to assume you're good until you prove you're bad not that i like to call people good or bad but just in a very simplistic you know nature right i'm going to assume you're 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 good until you're bad and that has just burned me so many times And so now my goal is I'm going to have as clean of a slate as I can and see your behavior. And your behavior will tell me who you are. Your behavior will tell me if you're safe or not safe. Your behavior will tell me if I should let you watch my kids or not. Your behavior should tell me if I should date you or not. Your behavior should tell me if I should hire you or not. Okay? And Maya Angelou has a fabulous quote that says, When people tell you who they are, believe them. And when we only see from our own perspective and we assume everyone's terrible because we're terrible or everyone's good because we're good, and, again, I'm using very simplistic language and good, bad, and terrible and, and, you know, that that sort of thing. I'm using very, you know, simplistic language. And um, I'm not necessarily trying to label people, but I am trying to make a point that many people have been hurt in this process because they are just naive and it's how Ted Bundy got his victim. Right? He he just mm. he was good looking and charming. Um it's how Hitler fooled people, it's how Bill Cosby fooled people. It's how uh Madoff got people's money, you know, and it was just whoever these people were, they just well I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Like I'll give you my money and you know, or I'll give you my child and, you know, I'll assume you're good until my child comes back and says you hurt them or my money's gone. You you see what a just, it's too overly simple. And it's because we often don't want to do the work of discernment and the work of figuring it out. Mm, yes. And it, it's sad that we can't trust everyone. I wish we could. You know, I talked about the sadness of having to become my own hero and the sadness of I live in a world where not everyone has the same values as me. I live in a world where some people don't think, you know, children are as precious as I do. I live in a world where some people take money sometimes. I live in a world where people cheat and lie. Not everyone, not everyone. There are so many people out there that are trustworthy. And when I see the patterns of their behavior they become more and more trustworthy to me.
0: Mm.
2: But not everyone.
0: Mm. Right. Not everyone. And if I'm going to be my right. own
2: superhero.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. If you're going to be your own superhero, what?
2: If I'm going to be my own superhero, then I have to practice that discernment and, and not projecting, oh, you're probably terrible because everyone's terrible or you're probably trustworthy because everyone's trustworthy. You know, I, that's really projecting an image that I have internally. And becoming my own superhero is doing the, the work and maturity of kind of cleaning off my window. And the, more, the clearer my window is, the less I'm filtering things through that window. If my window says everyone's good, I'm in danger. If my window says everyone's bad, I'm lonely. And so I want to have as clean of a window as possible so I can see other people's actions and behavior as clear as possible.
0: Hmm. I like it. Cassie, how do you resonate with that?
2: I
1: am probably on the latter side of that, right? I don't give everybody the benefit of the doubt because... I have experienced people, right? I know, and now I have children, so therefore I basically trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> right I'm just like, no, I don't know you, I don't know, I don't know, nope. you nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but I agree with that, you know, until you observe people's behavior and their you know their their system and how they operate, it's a lot harder. To give that trust to somebody blindly. So I appreciate, and, I appreciate that totally.
2: And people usually um, are one or the other, right? It's like I, you know, people. It's uh, like if there's a door to my life, there's some people who the door is like locked shut with a bomb on the other side, and they don't want to let anyone in. And then there's some people who are just like the door is wide open. And it's like come on over, yay! everybody's good everybody's nice you know and I just like it everything um too little fire you could freeze to death too much fire your house could burn down right fires important right it cooks our food or burns our skin off you know it's that balance of, of heat uh that we need um and this is just an area that that I work to have balance in in my own life um, and help others develop that as well, because you could shut some really good people out, you could let some really dangerous people in either way.
1: I absolutely agree with that, so if there was a a one a one liner of advice as your message to the world, what would it be? What would your T-shirt say?
2: Surround yourself with people who play by the same set of rules. And what I mean by that is when we were two or three or four years old, we learned how to take turns. Okay? And there are some 20, 30, 40, and 50-year-olds who still don't know how to take turns and their needs and their wants and their desires and their moods and their sex and their money and whatever else is always more important than yours. And it creates very unhealthy power dynamics in relationships. And so that's really what I mean by playing by the same set of rules. I I want my friends to be able to take turns. I don't want to always be the one who's um, needing them. And I don't want to always be the one being needed. I want that healthy give and take, that healthy back and forth. I want that with my husband. I want that with people I'm in business with, right? It's like, well, how can I support you and how can you support me? That That's really important to me. Um, it's, it's really that basic concept of taking turns and, and playing by the same set of rules that we were supposed to learn as kids, but uh, I think some people had a hard time with that lesson.
0: I think you're right. I think sometimes the older we get, the more we recognize that some people never learn those basic rules.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if they did, they just decided they didn't want to play by those rules.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really convenient to get your way all the time. It's hard for me to fathom how, how anybody could ever do that. But again, that, that's because of my filter, right? right? And so before, I didn't know that people did that. I didn't know they were playing by a different set of rules and manipulating me and, lying to me and out to get me. And again, not everyone. I've got some wonderful people in my life. Uh, But it's that discernment piece of having eyes open and having that clean window to be able to see.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful advice. I know that I could carry this conversation all day long, and I've learned so much. I've got a whole page of notes. We've got some great, great wisdom and gold that's been shared here today. But we are, regretfully, the place we're going to have to figure out how to wind this down. For as respect to you Sarah as our guest And with respect to our audience And their time We would love for you To always remember That we're brought to you By Guided by Grace And enlighten up If we can serve you In some way If you want to have A conversation with us If you want to share your journey Or you just need someone To talk to We're interested in what You have to say Please reach out to us At herobellat2020 gmail.com Sarah I'm going to End my side By saying thank you so much For your time For your wisdom For your knowledge And for sharing your journey With us and bringing us So much valuable information I know if somebody's going to hear this today that needs to hear these words. So I thank you. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today?
1: I would like to leave with a challenge. You know, we've been talking about permission and the fact that sometimes you just have to be your own superhero. So my challenge for the day is to. Think about the one thing that you are seeking permission for and give it to yourself.
0: Beautiful challenge. Beautiful challenge. What a great way to look at the week. Sarah, we would be honored if you would take the stage for us and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today? And please give us some information on your book and your contact information.
2: Yeah, so if my journey resonates with you and you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm that person who's been kind and had their kindness used against them, I do want to invite you guys to, to my podcast, uh, Toxic Person Proof, and then my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof. Um, it has so much more information about that person who is looking to give everyone else permission for her life and um, the real detriment that it caused me. But most importantly, it's a tool book, right? It's a um, here's how to clean off that window. Here's how to keep yourself safe. Here's how to be able to exist in the world with um, both that balance of letting people in your life but hopefully letting a lot more of the right people in your life and, and keeping out the people who could hurt you or hurt your business or hurt your kids or hurt uh, your reputation or hurt your bank account, whatever it may be, Um, but just learning how to what I call toxic person proof. So you have um, the idea of being bulletproof and I, I want in that piece of becoming my own hero being toxic person proof, which means I can be kind without having my kindness used against me.